there. Um, keys just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, we'll see if good things will happen for us. Yep. Just dishing it. 77. We are back. Joined as always, producer Derek Hoskin, John Tudes, Tudors. Tudes Tucks are back. So bad. Five and oh. Are we a gambling podcast now? Is this just what's gonna have to happen? I think so. We're back. We're we're, we're back. On. What a what a fucking way to come out of retirement. That was it was just incredible. And um you know, one of us wasn't going to have a perfect record heading into the evening on a Saturday night since we were on opposite sides of the Florida-Utah game. Um, shout out to the quarterback of Utah for just a glorious throw at the end of the game. Um, that was just spectacular. Um, yeah. what uh, Rising, Cameron Rising, I think his name was. Yep. Yeah, fucking – Terrible interception in the end zone. Rising up game for you. There was rising. a very Cam very, rising up Ben's blood pressure on that pass. There was a yeah. very small second, very very small second where I thought I was going to cover both ends on that Notre Dame Ohio. State. I remember and when I was fired. So, that's I was like so close. I was that's so like close. The, those razor thin. Like you get the exact number. You could hit it. Like what was it? Uh, they needed to, they would have had to have scored six, literally yeah. six, like on the dot. Yeah, like, I mean, it, I think that like Notre, Notre Dame, they're a whole other thing, um, making me sweat <laughs> again this week. I don't know why the fuck I insist on continuing to bet on this team because they take years off my life, but they didn't, they looking they didn't beat the me first this time. Half, though. Yeah, and then they got to be honest, a small preview for the, the picks we're going to dish out this week. I might be taking the bait this, this weekend. Oh, Notre Dame minus 20? Yep. Oh, Jesus, Benny, good luck. Um, yeah, no, I mean, there's there were so many good games. I mean, first off, though, back to that Florida-Utah game, what a football game. Very good. Uh, I mean, Anthony Richardson, that's a guy I was high on. He's kind of the reason I decided to ride the Gators in that game, and he did not disappoint. Kid was electric, did it with his feet, did it with his arm when he needed to as well. And I, I thought Florida had it in the bag, right? I ended up, full disclosure, right? I was going to take Florida plus three or plus three and a half when we talked on the podcast. The line moved to, I think it was plus two and a half before kickoff by the time I was going to put my bet in. So I decided, you know what, screw it. If I'm not even going to get the field goal cushion here, I'm just going to take Florida money line. And I think they were plus 110. And uh, I bet Florida money line. So I thought I had it in the bag with like, I think it was like a minute 20 left in the game. Florida went down and uh, scored to uh, to take the lead. And um, I, I thought it was – I thought we had the win there. And uh, Utah just charged down the field, a couple chunk plays, and then all of a sudden I'm sitting there, Utah in the red zone. I think I'm dead. And – what an interception in the end zone. This is why this is why we do this shit, right? This is why we do it. This is what makes college football, this is what makes sports fun, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but just an unbelievable game. Hats off to the Gators, you know, big upset at home. That's why I like home underdogs so much. I can't disagree with it. I really uh really ate shit on that Utah bet, but that's um that's part of the game, you know. Um 
I was back and forth on it, but I mean, we often say too, where you get that situation of where we look, we look at these lines, especially in college games, right? Where it's like, what does Vegas know? And it's like, we have the home underdog factor in there, right? But you got not only a home underdog, a home underdog SEC team against the non-SEC team. Week one, preseason ranked number seven in the country. Like, there's still something there, and you could kind of see it, it was a typical one of those games with that kind of a point spread in college. Easily could have gone either gone either way. One one bad read from uh, from the the Utah quarterback there, and that was it. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. What are you gonna happens. do? I mean, dust yourself off and get going, and then if you're uh, tailed toods on all his picks, yeah, you're just feeling like a fucking genius. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to follow that up this week, though. I mean, 5-0, <laughs> oh, it's a lot of pressure now. But, um, no, it's it's always good to, to hop out to uh, a good start to the season for sure. Makes you a little bit less gun-shy now that you've got some house money to play with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Derek, that that Notre Dame – I know the three of us, it was funny. We were texting all day in our group message about some of these games. That Notre Dame game, though, it was weird because – I mean, they're up 10 to 7 at halftime. The line moved to plus 16 from plus 17 and a half, but I still decided to take it before the game. So I had Notre Dame plus 16, and I was feeling really good at halftime going into the locker room with Notre Dame being up 10 to 7. And then all of a sudden, Ohio State's pitching a shutout in the second half, and <laughs> they scored their second touchdown to go up 21 10. And all of a sudden, I'm feeling like uh, the boys are a little bit in trouble because I think Notre Dame, Notre Dame gets the ball back down 11, and they get it deep in their own territory, and they, they have to punt. But I'm thinking down two scores, if they do something stupid and try to go for it on fourth down and turn it over, we're in trouble. Like, we're not yeah. covering 16 here. But, yeah. you know, that's I've never been more excited for, like, a 60-yard punt in my entire life. Uh, but you know what? It, uh, it is what it is. We uh, we we move on. Derek, were you? Did you end up being on Ohio State that game? No, I did. No, you were okay. No, and I didn't give it out is, on the show the, though. The thing is, is that I ended up uh, taking them. I got them at plus seventeen and a half day of, um, but it was because DraftKings was doing a profit boost, so I took the cushion at plus 17 and a half and uh it still got my odds to like i think it was like minus 120 so like i was still still sitting right around the same area with the line with the you know t's on that but um yeah so i was sitting i was feeling a little more confident than you were i guess you know towards the end there but you know i actually had so the people's parlay on DraftKings, which is a parlay that I typically actually like, well, like if there's, they don't offer it very often, but I've hit on that, I think twice now. Um, the people's parlay is usually a three-leg parlay that DraftKings puts up to uh, Twitter vote and then like people vote on it. And it's usually like, and then they give out like a 50% odd boost on it. It's usually pretty, pretty hefty. So like the one from, okay, so this actually, I was almost kind of more so rooting for Ohio state when it came down to it, because uh, the game, the people's parlay was um, Bama over 41 and a half. Uh, 
The other one was Ohio State minus 16 and a half. Yeah, sorry, Bama minus 41 and a half. Uh, Ohio State minus 17 and a half. And uh, who played Oregon? Who played Oregon? Georgia. Uh, they beat Georgia. the brakes off. Yeah, and it was Georgia Bo minus. Nicks, what a fraud. Yeah, it was Georgia minus 16 and a <laughs> half. So, and that was a, it went, and it was just a yes, no parlay on that. So it was a plus 600 to start off with, and it raised it to a plus 900. And I had five to win 50 on that, actually. And uh, I kind of was more so hoping for Ohio State to to cover on that end of it than, uh, than actually, uh, taking the, uh, the nice plus, uh, plus money that, I mean, plus, uh, spread that, uh, Notre Dame had, but it would have been, it would have been a crazy world if it worked out with the minus. I had one point cause I texted you guys. I was like, there's a one point like difference. If it lands in the sweet spot, I mean, those both hit, right. I was like, I can't be that crazy. Right. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I would have. Those are the razor thin margins. Yeah, that one would have been uh, quite the bet of a lifetime, I think. Oh yeah, when you can hit something like that for sure. Because um, well, they would have had to have scored. They would have had to have scored and point, not right? gotten the ex- extra point. So it would have had to have been like literally the LSU Florida State game situation. Right. Yeah. Uh, awesome week one. It really was. Which, fuck them. <laughs> uh, me and my family. Um, Brian. What a Brian Kelly way to start your time. Yeah, basically, pretty much. Or they kind of made it. They started to make it interesting in that. Again, I I was left with a uh, with a line that a good guy uh, Tudor shared with me about uh, when you have bets in on these college games, and then by the end of it, sometimes you're screaming for some of these kids to have their scholarships pulled. Uh, Shout out to that punter on uh, LSU or the punt returner. Rough game for him. Feel for the kid, but you know, I got money on it, so it's like, come on, bro. <laughs> just I, the thing that drives me insane. Like if I was a if I was a football coach, and you're back because both of those punts, I I know the second one. I don't remember the first one. They were definitely landing inside of the twenty if I can recall correctly. I know for a fact the last one was, because that was basically at the 10. You don't need to catch that. Just like the chances of them getting to it, you know what I mean? The, the coverage team getting to it before it gets in the end zone, very, very slim. Like, don't even risk it. Just like wave it and get out of the way. Or can they not? Like, You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why, especially after the first one, he felt the need to try and catch it again. Like, don't take the chance. It's just It's okay to not be your day you know, recovering or catching the punts. It is what it is. You'll come back. Don't risk it at that point in the game. Don't get it. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't get in on that game with you guys, but, um, yeah, I didn't really know what to think because I think both teams kind of stink this year, to be honest with you. Um, and, yeah, I guess we're smart. Out. I, I will say though I didn't I didn't release it on the show but I did win a, a good chunk of change to end the night on uh, Hawaii really sucking dude Hawaii that one hmm. hurt that one hurts me right so um, Hawaii I've shared it before but it used to be my go-to bet like every Saturday night in the late game like I would always bet the Hawaii game 
Um, and it's actually funny enough, one of my best friends and I, him and I started doing this together probably like four or five years ago. We would bet the Hawaii game every Saturday. I am now in a group text with four people. It's me, one of my really good friends that used to bet Hawaii with me, and two other people. These are area codes that I haven't even looked up before. I don't know who these two other people are. I don't know where they live. But the title of the group message is just like rainbow emojis. And all we do is talk about how we want to bet on our rainbow warriors. But three (laughs) out of the four of us have no idea who the other ones are. Nice. And it's actually incredible. I don't even want to know who these people are at this point. But it's we've like a been, secret I, society. Yeah, exactly. I don't even want to know who they are at this point. Betting but brings us all together. We It does. And we literally have talked about this this year. And we were like, it's, it's painful because our Rainbow Warriors are potentially the worst team in the country. They're that bad. Yeah, I think you, they play. Text- I think they play Michigan this week, and it's like minus fifty for Michigan. Minus fifty one. I was just yeah. about to say. Yeah. Did you check the spread? So I mean, yeah. First of all, not taking that one because I, I I can't I can't disrespect my my boys from Hawaii like that. But good God, are they terrible? That total line screaming at me though. Oh, they're horrible. Yeah, the total, yeah, 67 in the in the spread is 51. Yeah. Michigan can get that by you know the what? You know what, though? Those, I feel like, are the biggest traps. And I've fallen I know, into 51 that. is trap material, I've, I Well, I've like. fallen into that before where, like, I took – it had it was a few years ago because Trevor Lawrence was still at Clemson. But uh, I had taken Clemson, I think it was, like, minus 40 or something like that in the uh, – it was like a week one or two matchup against like a dog shit team. And they go up by like 30 at halftime. And then they took out all their starters and they put in all their backups and they didn't score or they only scored like once in the second half and they didn't cover. So yeah, it's like I those, could definitely those see them putting in traps. Michigan could definitely put in the second half there, their second unit, but their second right. unit is also probably good enough to. <laughs> Yeah, destroy yeah. them. But fifty-one is a lot. Like thirty and a half was a lot. Like felt confident in that. Like especially a home, uh, you know, a home opener. But fifty-one's a lot. Like That's a lot, lot of points. points. I'll put it this way: they're not on my slate for this week. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I looked at it, and I think I'm going to probably end up staying away from them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, pretty good start to the to the season here for the fellas giving out the picks on the show here. Um, still working out what we're even going to call them and stuff, but we're going to be giving out some, some bets, you know, a couple college games, a couple NFL ones to, you know, probably mainly be um, talked about on the shows that we don't have guests throughout the season. But, um, you know, even if we do have guests, I think we plan on, you know, popping those picks out uh, during the week too, when the episode releases, I would say, um, like I said, we're still working on it, but, if y'all want a tail, it'll be a fun ride um, for sure. So one thing I want to get to before we uh, transition, because, I mean, this is, you know, we're recording this now. This is week one of the NFL. This this show is going to drop the day of the opener, Bills versus Rams. So um, we're going to have some stuff to get to there. Um, obviously give out some, some college bets, see if we got any NFL ones we like initially here, because I know I got a couple for each. But uh, Derek, the Tage Thompson contract, because I believe we were in the middle of the show or towards the end mm-hmm. when that news came out uh, last week. 
we didn't really have time to to chat about it much or digest it. Wanted to chat with uh, with you about it. What you know more what you've dug into it at all? More of what you read? How do you feel about the deal? Um, you know, I really haven't dug too much more into it. I just saw the numbers. It's like seven two over the next seven or something like that or whatever or is it yeah it's um 7.1 and some change from 23 24 season to 29 30 um there's a two million dollar signing bonus given out in 23 24 but there's no uh there's no laddering of the salary it's a flat 7.1 and some change all the way through um and then as of july 1 2024 uh Tage will submit a five-team no-trade list. Hopefully so. by then he is an absolute stud. <laughs> yeah, we don't. You got to worry about it. Um, so is is five-team? Um, and correct me here because I might have this backwards. Five-team no-trade list. Does that mean he gives them a list of the only five teams he's willing to go to, or he can cross off five teams and the Sabres can trade him to anyone except for those five teams? So it's the second one you said. Okay, Um, I got you. So he can narrow it down, but they still are going to have a ton of options as far as trading him. It's not like they're going to be pigeonholed into five teams. Exactly. Okay. Um, I think if they if if they wanted to do like the reverse, I think the year the AAV would have to be significantly lower. Right. Yeah. So that's part of the you know the whole negotiation process, obviously. Um, but yeah, I um, I personally think it's a very fair deal. Um, are you kind of betting on Tage to continue the ascension he started this past season? Yes, but I think that's important for where this organization's at. I really do. Um, You have to show people. And yes, do you build a team through free agency in the NHL? No. But as you become a contender, free agency to supplement your core roster becomes very important, I think. And we want to be able to attract players. And if we can, get our young players to sign and stay. And I think this is the best way to do that. You show your guys that are younger than Tage or newer to the organization, you show up, you put the work in, you work your ass off in the off season, et cetera, and you put up results, your payday is going to come, you will get rewarded. And it, I think it instills a confidence and it adds to the, the belief in the room that uh, this, the ship's getting turned around and headed in the right direction. So I think not only is it a fair Numbers wise for the player, I think based on production and where we expect him to be in the role he plays in the team, I think it's a, it's kind of a signature deal for Kevin Adams. Cause it's, you know, the, this could turn into, you know, how we thought of like Akposo or Jeff Skinner with, um, you know, previous regimes a little bit. Right. And, you know, I'm not saying not really comparing, it's obviously very different circumstances, different ages when the players were signed. Right. But, um, you know, at the age stages, the way his his play grew and um, his game improved, um, I think it's a very fair deal. And you know, this is the direction the league's heading in. So, I mean, you, you got to pay your young players when they're younger. You know, you're not seeing those huge deals for the most part, like you know what Goudreau just did. You know, you're seeing those some, and you always will. But the the real ones, because this the very real possibility even by the 23 24 season this deal could look like a steal 
absolutely this this i mean that's the whole idea of making this deal now right it's yeah you know obviously the cap has stayed uh stayed flat here for a little bit but the talk is the cap will go up and you're seeing some of these top level players making upwards of 10 million dollars a year so if you think at all that tage thompson is not just a one-year uh you know, kind of a one-year breakout star and then going to fizzle out, if you think that he has a chance to sustain this over a period of time, you have to make this deal. And then, you know, three years down the line, this deal is a massive bargain for the Sabres because someone producing at that 30, 40 goal a year pace is somebody who's going to make upwards of $10 million a year and you've got them locked in for seven. That's, I mean, that's huge. And I don't know, I mean, watching... Watching that kid play the last few years, I really find it hard to believe that this is um, kind of a one-year thing. I think it's been building up to this. I mean, you just watch, you know, his he's so big. He's got, you know, decent skating ability, especially for his size. And he's always just had such a rocket of a shot. It was just a matter of one or two things really clicking for him. And he seemed to find that this year. Uh, or this past year in the Sabres system. And, you know, I think a lot of the center was huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of that too, is just, you know, a kid like that could have gone really one of two ways the last year or two, right. Mm -hmm. You get it. You get a coach in an organization that instills confidence in him and he can blossom like he did this year. You get you get someone that maybe pulls the plug on him a little bit early or, you know, takes away some ice time if he doesn't produce for a couple of games or things like that. You can crush a kid's confidence pretty quickly. Right. Yeah. I, the coaching staff really has done a nice job. And that obviously shows how much that organization values him. And they obviously think he can be one of their cornerstones moving forward. So, I mean, exciting time to be a Sabres fan, I would think, here in Buffalo with you know, not only some of the young guys you see coming up, but a young guy like Thompson getting that kind of deal and hopefully sticking around for the next close to a decade, right? How yeah. happy is Terry Pogula? He doesn't know. He is he doesn't watch the Sabres. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> he probably he probably doesn't know that this deal happened, but um yeah, I don't I don't know. He's Maybe dialed he into the Bills. That yeah. guy was the number one Tage Thompson fan. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, Tage Thompson has to work. It's like, yeah, yes, well, he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, I would I say mean, that 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 deal, like, if if Tage ends up where he like progressing in what he does, um, I think seven, just over seven, is a steal. Um, and that contract alone and his production combined could end up levying that we might have made a little bit better out in the deal. So I'm, I was just going to ask that, and I was going to beat this drum one more time for my boy Benny over there. Um, that O'Reilly deal, what what does what does Tage Thompson have to accomplish in the next seven years? Does it have to be the Sabres winning a Stanley Cup for that to be Sabres won the deal or the deal was a wash? Like, honestly, like, I, that's an honest question. I love getting Benny fired up, so this is just – that's a, that's an added bonus, but that's an honest question for me to Sabres fans is what what does Tage Thompson have to do over the course of this contract for everyone to look at this deal and say, 
you know, hey, that was, you know, an even trade for both teams. Both teams made out great. Or, you know, the Sabres won the deal, maybe. Does it have to be a Stanley Cup? Uh, it's hard, right? Um, because for those that don't know, when we did trade Ryan O'Reilly, he went to the St. Louis Blues. He won a Stanley Cup that year, and he won and the Consumise Trophy. So with that in mind, um, definitely a definitely a, and and he's now the captain of the team, so he's definitely a locker room cancer. Shout out to Mike Harrington, that fucking clown. Um, but Mike, if you, you want to come on the show and discuss, yeah, what, would would, 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 love would love to have, love a, to have would love on. have to have a healthy debate We'd with love Mike to Harrington. Have you on. I, think I don't know. Be... I don't know anything about Mike Harrington, so I don't. Oof. I don't really follow any of the stuff that he does. So I think it'd be really interesting because I know you guys have your opinions. What I will say about Mike Harrington, he's tremendous at his job, in the sense that his job is basically to rile people up about his fucking opinions, and he does that flawlessly. And I will say. He made me extremely happy when he riled Jack up because he was the one that asked the question. Oh, he was after the Vegas game. That was who that <laughs> was. So he almost like he made up a little bit for the O'Reilly thing for me. But um, yeah, doing his job—that's what he's supposed to do. So most of my trashing of him is very playful banter in in a lot of ways. Um, but it doesn't change the fact a lot of the shit he says. I think he's a fucking idiot. So that's. Okay. It is what it is. It is what it is. But I respect what he does. He he's a good journalist. Very good at his job. You know that's what they have to do nowadays. You know it's different. Not selling newspapers. He's you like, got to be active on the like Twitter. TMZ of reporters. Like yeah, sports reporters. I feel like they all are though. To Benny's it's, point, but yeah, you, you kind of got to. I don't want to beat on Mike Harrington too much. Well, we're not. Just, oh, trust me, we're not beating on Mike Harrington. Yeah, yeah you, but, you uh, wouldn't know. But you no, know, to to what you said, I think. I think it is a Stanley Cup. Does it have to be that Tage Thompson wins the Conn Smythe? No, but that's you make that trade because at the time that wasn't working in your opinion. You felt you needed to change it, and what's the point of changing it? Is getting to the point to where you're building something that's a sustainable winner. So I think for it to say it's an even trade for when you get rid of a guy who's a the team he goes to, it becomes the captain number one center, franchise, you know, cornerstone, like he was here and still, you know, should be in many regards if you could argue that, right? But he wins a Smythe and he wins a cup. It's kind of tough. I'm not going to put that all on Tage's shoulders because not all of that was on Ryan O'Reilly's shoulders. Um, that was a hell of a run that team got on. That was a very good roster, a very hot goaltender, right? So there's all kinds of circumstances. But honestly – I think Tage Thompson's going to produce very similarly to what Ryan O'Reilly did when he was here. He's going to have a better, more cohesive group around him. Um, I don't think it's going to ever be, hopefully not, as messy as it was when Ryan O'Reilly was here. None, most of us Sabres fans were too blind to see it because we all thought we got the two-headed monster at center with O'Reilly and Eichel, and it's like everything else will fall into place. And we obviously, that's not how it works. Um, you know, we knew that, but I think until Jack left, we didn't really realize fully how messed up shit was behind the scenes. And it kind of hid the bad drafting and the getting rid of picks, moving two picks in mid rounds to move up four spots to get some fucking guy that never fucking played here. That kind of shit that we were just cycling through for years. But, um, no, I think 
you know, Tage is going to have to produce. I think he's going to score more goals than O'Reilly. Um, you know, but he's a top center now. That's what this that's what this paycheck is. You know, you're a top two center. They're definitely the two different players. Two, two very different players. Tage is so offensively gifted, but mm-hmm. O'Reilly is just he's that. a pure hockey player. Yeah, he's pure hockey player, and he's that – He's so unbelievable on both ends of the ice, right? Mm-hmm. He's great in his own zone defensively. Thompson, not saying Thompson's bad defensively. It's just he's not Ryan O'Reilly in the defensive zone. Yeah. But Ryan O'Reilly doesn't have the cannon of a shot that Tage Thompson has either. So. Yeah, or the the hands and stuff like that and the, right. that kind of thing. So it's different players. But, yeah, I think this team does have to – we're fucking way overdue for a Stanley Cup. We got to win one. We got to win multiple. We got to catch up. So that is the expectation here, but this is an initial step for Tage to, to be a core piece of that. And um, I think it's fitting. I really do. Um, but it's not something I don't think I'm going to, even for me, we all know how I feel about the O'Reilly deal and all right. But like, it's not something I think about really as much anymore. Um, I don't think you should either. Cause I, I don't think like you said, I don't think it's fair to put that on. And I think it's player. easier to think about it. Sorry to cut you off, but it's like when things aren't going well, it's just something to focus your frustration on. Whereas now it feels like things are actually for real turning around. And Tage was the top example. You could say of like the young guys that you, whether you draft or you bring them in young in some way, right. That you just grow and develop them here and you get them to stay. And that's the last thing that I'll say on this whole thing, too, with the Thompson deal and, and all of that, right? It's not only, you know, numbers-wise, it shows a it shows a perfect example of what you're trying to build. And it's like, in a couple years, you're going to be, maybe you have free agents or draft picks, kids coming out of college where you're like, wow, a guy like Tage Thompson signed here, didn't go to free agency, didn't test the market chose to stay here, signed a deal early for 7.1. That's when you start getting your best players taking less money to stay with the team long-term, that's where the corners really start turning. You can look up and down the NHL, look at what Nathan McKinnon did, Steven Stamkos. You can just a laundry list of things. Um, You know, so I think that's that's something you have to take into account with this too because that starts – and I think it does start, but I think it's going to become even more obvious as we get into this contract with Tage Thompson, where you're going to start seeing that's going to create a really healthy ripple effect of guys. What they always say, the right people getting guys who want to be here, a player like Tage on a deal like this for the next seven plus years. That's it. That's, that's a huge piece to build a winner. I think. Oh, it's a good point. I'm, I'm glad you were able to break that down because, I mean, I just – from the outside looking in, I always wonder kind of what people's thoughts are on uh, on those sorts of things long term. But, yeah, best of luck to Tage, and hopefully he keeps it up because uh, it's entertaining hockey to watch when that kid's clicking. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, boys, I know we wanted to touch on that, but um, we got about, you know, half the time left here because we got a lot of action this weekend. We got a college football slate Saturday, the first full week of the NFL. Um, I think we should keep it on the Buffalo theme first before we dive into some picks, though. Derek is our resident Bills expert, I would say, on this show. We touched 
on it a little bit, but now it's it's the week of Derek. We're two days away. Where are you at? How are you feeling? Are you sweating about Aaron Donald? <sighs> no, no, not at no, all. Oh, he says no. Not at all, Dion Dawkins. Yeah, I had a. Um, you see those helmets swinging? Oh, I. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. Um, I. Uh, Whatever. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I mean, Dion. If 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 there's a, he can swing the helmet, but De- our boy Dion's got the range with the cleats. If you remember from the uh, or the shoes from the Chiefs game, yeah. our man Dion can huck a pair of shoes, so he can uh, get them from range. Snipe the big toe right in between that face mask. I'd keep me away. Uh, I want to mess with Dion Dawkins with a shoe in his hand. Josh Allen posted probably the most electric um, pre you know uh, preseason video of all time. Um, I, was, I didn't see this. I was ready to run through a fucking wall last night re- watching it. And um, do we? Should I just pull it up? Play it. Yeah, let's go. All right. let's play it. Because I but, actually. Yeah. Heard, no, um, I am. I am very. Uh, I'm very excited. Um, I don't think we've, the Bills have really ever played in the first game. Um, not in our lifetime. No, not yeah. Exactly. That's what I mean. Um, so it might not I've, have ever. Too honestly, yeah. So like I and I've and you know, um, Josh did a little interview. I think I can't remember who it was with, but you know, he talked to some people and said that he's talked to coaches and people and people who have been in this game and like, especially you know, previous Super Bowl winners. They say it's you know, it's like playoff atmosphere and stuff like that right away. You know, first you game, that. all eyes on you. See, I think, I think it's going to be a Bills home game. Oh yeah, no, it will be. It It'll will be more fifty fifty. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be. Um, I I know a good amount of people that are going out there. I almost went out there. I have a bunch of friends that are out there. Um, oh, I was Derek, very, live, very from live, live on site. I know, recording live. I know, um, electric. I definitely have a home run bills, uh, bills parlay for that. We'll we'll save once we get into the gambling a little bit. Um, Love that. But uh, yeah, give me a second. Let Dollar me... in a dream parlay. Love that. What? The, the old dollar in a dream parlay. Love it. Uh, yeah. I mean, DraftKings is giving away a lot of money this weekend, it, it appears. Um, so uh, they're doing a stepped-up risk-free parlay. So I'm just going to get real crazy with it on that one. Yeah, get a little frisky, Derek. Get in there. Derek's trying to get a DraftKings sponsorship, pumping their tires for I, I, I would love. I would love a code. I would. Love I, oh, we would. I'll, you want to get me to switch the DraftKings? That's how you do it. Oh, right um, there. All right, give me a second. And, uh... but yeah, I had uh, Derek. I don't know. I had a friend who uh, brought this up to me today. He said uh, because I, I made the comment that I just did about how I'm terrified of Aaron Donald because he's so goddamn good at just ruining offensive game plans. Mm-hmm. But my, the guy was like, "Yeah, but how is he going to be?" You know, as he gets, because he's he's each year he gets older. How's it going to be without Von Miller there? And I was like, true, it's true. It's, it's not only that, that, but it's also like being a pass rusher has to be the most draining position on the field because you are going all out every single snap, and you're going up against the 300 pounder head to head every single snap. And that and guy gets two of them. And then not only – yeah, not only that, but then when you do get past them, because let's be real, it's Aaron Donald, he will get past them on some plays. Now you have a quarterback that has the legs 
to make you chase him 10 yards out of the pocket. And you're probably not going to catch him unless somebody else is out there waiting and keeps him contained. So it's like, there's just, there's a lot going on there that I think it's tough for an interior pass rusher against a guy like a Josh Allen, a Lamar Jackson, a Patrick Mahomes, a Justin Herbert, guys that are a little more mobile. All right, boys, here we go. You guys can hear that, right? Yeah. Is this a 716 Nick video? I, I wish. Should be. Shout out to Zach Smith taking stray bullets over there, getting sacked in Josh Allen's hype video. I mean, tell me that's not one of the most electric hype videos you've ever seen. It's tremendous. It's very good. That'll yeah. get you going. And what are we gonna do shout to, get out, to, I, I, to wear the red helmets? I don't know. Do you also, like sh- that? shout out I to whatever. I don't like the white ones. Really? Shout out to I like them with, with all whites. Uh, yeah, that was a great video. Whoever edited on that. that. Um, he used "Party All the Time" by uh, <laughs> Will Smith, uh, not Will Smith. Uh, freaking Eddie Murphy in there. Uh, there is a that there isn't backing track in there. "Party All the Time" by Eddie Murphy. If you guys want to get a good song out there for you love that yeah so safe to say derek you're on the bills minus two and a half here um yes yes definitely um definitely minus two and a half Um, two and a hook is a sweet spot in any football yeah i like that for a favorite um so i'm a little little scared of that my dollar in a dream parlay um is so stepped up uh stepped up parlay uh same game parlay if you guys aren't aware of that and DraftKings does a stepped up parlay boost every leg adds more of a boost all the way up to 100 percent. if you want to get real crazy with it you usually cap it at like a 10 dollar, 20 dollar rate wager or whatever but mine this week is going to be Bills money line, cooper cup anytime touchdown score gabriel davis anytime touchdown score Josh Allen over 254 and a half passing yards and Matthew Stafford over 254 and 254 and a half passing yards. That same game parlay comes in at a whopping plus 950 with the boost comes in at a plus 1235. 10 wins you 133 on the day. Like it. Pretty safe plays. Can see all of those happening. Um, I don't think that's an unrealistic one. I'm on the total opposite end of the spectrum as you at this game, Derek. You think it's going to be a lockdown? I, I cannot stay far enough away from this game. Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to bet it. I can't stay far enough away because I, yeah, should I, the Bills win? Yes. Should the Bills cover? Yes. 
should the Bills have won and covered week one last year at home against my guys? And he's yes. got to bring this in, doesn't he? But no, this the is point, different. No, the point, this is Von Miller point, going home. My point being, he's not going home. He went there for one season. He no, I know, but coffee. after he had a what, cup of coffee in LA. Yeah, but he won, a, is, he won a Super Bowl with them at least. Right. Come on. He, yeah, but that was his second ring. He, he had a cup of coffee there. What, what it really, I think, comes down to for me is, do I think the Bills are the best team in the AFC? Yes. Do I think they're the best team in the league? Yeah. They should, but they've started out not winning games that they should win in previous years. And that scares me a little bit week one. Like, I think that there could be a chance for a letdown. Do I, should they win? Yeah, absolutely. But I, I want to stay away from it just because I, I don't know. The Rams are not a bad team. Obviously they went to the Super Bowl and won it last year. Um, but you know, it's, and then I look at the over-under, right? Because usually when I'm like, ah, I really don't know what team will win here, I look at that, and it's at 52 right now. But, again, both of these offenses could go out there, and you could see both quarterbacks hang 300 and throw for three touchdowns, and we could be cruising to the over. Or these two good defensive units could come out there with some week one offenses trying to work out the kinks a little bit and game speed. And they could go out there and you could have a guy like Jalen Ramsey locking it down or Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer locking down the air game on the other side. And all of a sudden it's a, you know, it's a 17, 14 game or something like that. It's like, I, I honestly, I, I can't stay far enough away because I have no idea. I, I could see anything. Happening. That's why I'm probably just going to realistically not do minus two and a half. It'll probably just be Bill's money line just to, just to be safe kind of thing. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm betting with my heart if I bet this game. Yeah. So, for sure. so that's why I think I'm going to, but um, I will say the other games that i had on my in, in terms of nfl while we're still there yeah we'll do nfl first and then we'll, we'll finish up um, with college i have a sweet spot beautiful just saw this um carolina's minus one and a half on the spread right now um that's baker mayfield might yeah. throw for 20 yeah that's what i'm saying like i think ta- i think baker's gonna go in there and just absolutely dominate <laughs> minus one and a half is fucking nothing uh they're without deshaun watson like what I, the list just goes on that's a that's a beautiful line um and i kind of like um i kind of like the saints at minus five and a half actually um Mm-hmm. Against don't sleep, don't against sleep it, on Jameis. Against Atlanta, I kind of I kind of like that. The only the only thing that might keep me away is that uh, that New Orleans is away to start off with. So, yeah, but, but in NFL, it's kind of less. You know, home home field is kind of less. I think Saints fans will travel pretty well to Atlanta. Yeah, no, and I think Atlanta Atlanta's yeah. dog dog shit at this point. So, like, I don't think anyone's going to be really showing up for that game, honestly. So, um. I think that that could be a really good game. Um, I think Jameis could do really well, but also kind of worried as well. Don't know what he actually could end up doing, you know, first game and that minus. I just like one touchdown, you know. I'm trying to look at smaller spreads on this stuff, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Stuff, a lot of games that could end up one one game away from each other. Kind of, I mean, one one score away from each other, I think. Yeah. Um, I definitely hear you there. What is what? What are your other picks while we're on you, Derek? For uh, for 
for NFL, um, that's it so far that I've seen. Um, I was more so looking at. So you're on Panthers minus one and a half and uh, Saints minus five and a half. I think so. I think so. And then obviously I'm just going to take Bill's money line. Uh, I don't think we'll count that parlay since it's just a shot in the dark. Obviously, we'll. Uh, I guess we should we just are we going to leave this to straight plays or what are we counting parlays? Or you can what? throw a parlay in if you want, but um, yeah, it's mainly just you know kind of straight plays and you can play them individually or you can pop them together or do an option like here's the plays I like if you here's the odds individually, but if you parlay them, here they are that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm gonna I'll probably end up doing those two straight possibly parlayed together like a nice little and then there's a good chance that i will i I like doing a nice dollar and a dream um i like just like i I do it with nhl also take like two bucks or whatever and i'll just bet the whole card basically just money line just like i've gotten real close a couple times like one away um but you know just that's just for fun kind of thing so yeah but we'll go with we'll go with those three picks: Bills money line, Saints minus five and a half, and Carolina minus one and a half. I love it. Um, my NFL is going to be pretty quick. Um, I am also on the Saints minus five and a half. Absolutely, I think um, that line in the NFL for Week One division opponent road team. I think that's that's speaking to me. Um, Vegas knows. I think that's going to be kind of a route there. Can see that easily being double-digit result in favor of the Saints. Um, Jameis is back, eating W's, going with it. I couldn't name you more than three guys on the fucking Falcons roster uh, outside Mariota. of Mariota and Kyle Pitts. So, um, yeah, so we're gonna go with that. Um, kind of a rebuilding thing, it seems like for the uh, the Falcons. Um, I'm also we got the Philadelphia Eagles minus four against the Detroit Lions. Um, I'm not buying the hard knocks hype on the, on the lions here. Love me some Dan Campbell. Um, I just think the Eagles are not getting the love they deserve. Um, a little bit here. It's, it's a, it's an interesting number, but I do think there's going to be that HBO bias coming in with the, the lions here as the game day approaches. So keep an eye on that line to move to three, you know, somewhere, maybe, you know, we'll see where the public money comes in as the week gets closer there, but I still like it at minus four for the Eagles. I can see them winning that by a touchdown, you know, six or seven um, with all the roster upgrades that they've made and whatnot. Um, and then my final pick for the NFL, I just, I don't even understand this line. The Packers are minus one and a half against fucking Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Wait, what? Um, I didn't see that. Um, don't, sleep, don't sleep on Captain Kirk. I'm going to sleep on Captain Kirk. Um, Aaron, it's not really so much Captain Kirk, even though it kind of is. It's just Aaron Rodgers kills that division over and over every year. Um, I think there's a lot of bias on, you know, the whole situation that Rodgers has kind of been through the past year, um, losing Devontae Adams. They didn't really get an upgrade or get a replacement, like a full-on replacement there. There's some questions about the receiving core. Uh, Robert Tunyon coming off an injury there at tight end. Um, it's just uh, it's Aaron Rodgers, man. You're giving, not even giving the man two points. Um, I'm probably going to bet that one pretty early because I feel like that line's going to move too. Great don't roster. Sleep on, don't sleep on Sammy Watkins, buddy. 
Yeah. Is he on the Packers? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So, hey, we'll take it if he can stay healthy, buddy. Um, but look, yeah. Or as, I mean, or as a friend of mine likes to call him Sammy Napkins, and I don't know why, Sammy but it's Napkins. like that's just, it's very appropriate for that guy. Because he's fragile, like I don't even know. Yeah, I think so. I don't know, but paper yeah, pen, something like yeah, that. I don't, I don't know. I just think it's really funny. Um, but yeah, Packers minus one and a half to me, it's a no brainer. Um, Aaron Rodgers getting less than a field goal, uh, you know, favored by less than a field goal against a division opponent. I, that again, he just runs through that division. So, Packers minus one and a half for sure. Those are my three picks for the NFL this weekend so far. Tudor, what do you got, buddy? Did you get some NFL in? Nothing. Nothing. Sticking to the bread and butter, college football. All right, okay. All right. I like, I like that. He's getting his then, feet wet. Then we can, we can ride Tudor's picks on Saturday into the sunset on. Sunday. Well, he's the main event, so like, let's get, let's hear the, let's hear the college football picks because I think I only got three. I got five of them. Oh man. I again, but I think three of them are a little spicy this week. You know, we're, we're getting interesting. Um. First one I got, these are all Saturday picks this week, so pretty straightforward. Mine too. If you're, you're going to wait to bet before uh, before game time, you don't have to worry about it until Saturday morning uh, when you wake up with your cup of coffee and college football game day on. Um, but I'm going back to uh, going back to Pitt. Um, Pitt versus Tennessee. Um, Pitt is hosting the Volunteers. And last year um, – Pitt came back in Knoxville and beat Tennessee after being down 10 in that game. I like Pitt to cover in this game. They are plus seven and a half right now. Uh, So they do have a touchdown cushion uh, as home underdogs against Tennessee. Slovis threw for over 300 yards week one against what last year was a really good WVU pass defense. And Tennessee lost a lot uh, last year. They lost their best defensive back and, they're not really that great against the pass. So I like Pitt at home to cover seven and a half in that game. So Pitt plus seven and a half game one. Game two, um, I don't know why I'm obsessed with picking this team year in and year out, but I'm going to do it again. Iowa State plus three and a half at Iowa. Iowa stinks. Um, Iowa, Iowa literally, so obviously came into the season ranked. Uh, both teams played FCS schools week one. Iowa literally had 166 yards of total offense and beat South Dakota State 7-3. to three. Yes, 166 total yards and seven points against FCS South Dakota State. Iowa two safeties. State, Iowa State played Southeast Missouri State. Obviously not a great team, but they took care of business 42-10. to 10. Their offense put up some points. I just think that Iowa State – even though they're on the road going in and, you know, being a plus three and a half. I like that for Iowa state. Uh, I don't think that their defense has to play out of their mind to really hold Iowa to uh, a low total there. So I do like that for Iowa state to at least stay in the ball game, but probably honestly win it. Uh, Tudor, I want to correct you really quick that um, Pittsburgh is a plus six and a half right now. So they were seven and a half earlier. Yeah. Um, it's moved. Yeah. I just checked ESPN says plus seven, plus six and a half. And I just checked on Caesars and they are also showing plus okay. six and a half. I so. still like them. Uh, no, I, that was yeah. one of my picks as well. So, so I just wanted to make sure that you were up to date on that. Yeah. And again, I'll reiterate 
these things can change before the game. So if the line moves before you get your bet in, obviously take that in consideration and what you're, what you're thinking there. Um, next pick I had third one is, uh, the Cougars BYU at uh-huh. home, uh, minus three and a half over number nine, Baylor coming into Utah here. Uh, wow. Baylor's number nine. I don't think they're that good. I think the public is really big on Baylor, which I'm kind of hoping moves the line down to three instead of three and a half for BYU mm-hmm. uh, before kickoff. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold out on that one in hopes that BYU moves down to three, maybe even two and a half. If we're really lucky and people buy the hype on Baylor, I'm not buying it. BYU minus three and a half. Um, and then fourth pick of the weekend, we're going back to the well, baby. Florida, the Gators, uh-huh. minus four and a half in the swamp again against Kentucky. Kentucky upset Florida last year, so you know the Gators are going to be looking for the win. Again, I don't know what else I have to say other than Anthony Richardson. Dude's a, dude's a monster. He's a monster, and he showed week one when they were hosting number seven Utah, the Pac-12 champs from last year, he showed in big moments he balls out. He doesn't fall apart. He's the he's the horse you're going to ride to the win. And I'm sticking with Richardson and the Gators. Minus four and a half at home over Kentucky. And my last pick, we're going out to the West Coast. Pac-12 matchup. New quarterback transferred in from Oklahoma. Caleb Williams, what a stud. Lincoln Riley in as USC's head coach. USC minus nine over Stanford at Stanford. Um, I just think you. I just think USC's offense. So both schools had really underwhelming seasons last year. Um, USC looked really sharp against Rice week one. Stanford won in week one, but didn't look as sharp. And I just think that USC has too much firepower. They've got Caleb Williams, like I mentioned. I just don't think that Stanford and the Card, you know, the Cardinals not going to be able to keep up with the Trojans in this game, I don't think, offensively. So I'm going to take USC minus nine on the road. Yeah. Stanford didn't cover either in the first yeah. game. So, so th- those are those are my five picks this week for college football. I love it. Mine's a pretty quick slate here before we get to Derek. Um I just think I see some totals that don't make sense to me. Um, I got Texas A&M versus Appalachian State. The line's at 52-and-a-half. You saw what happened with UNC. I get it's different with uh, SEC defense that Appalachian State's going to be going against. Um, Still in that game, that's a potent offense regardless of conference. Um, I think there's going to be – I just think that's a low enough number where you get a final score 31, you know, 27 something like that i think it can be a little closer but i think texas a&m can put up points too so i'm gonna take the risk and hit the over 52 and a half in that i don't know why i'm doing this but i gotta be honest they impressed the hell out of me in that ohio state game uh notre dame versus marshall i like notre dame minus 20 that's a nice football number uh, as far as getting on in those odds there it's under the 21 you know for the even touchdowns there um I think Notre Dame's going to be a little salty at the way they finished that game. Um, and this is, could be looked at, you know, kind of air out some frustrations on uh, on Marshall here. So I, I like the Fighting Irish minus 20. 
And then uh, to finish up here, you got Miami versus Southern Mississippi. Miami put an absolute beating on some school I've never even heard of last week. I think they threw up a 70 banger. Um, and then Southern Mississippi, you know. I think it was Bethune Cook, man. What, what, what is that? Is that <laughs> uh, they Bethune get, Cookman? They that get sounds like a law firm. They get, they get absolutely rocked. Like, yeah, that's, that's, like that's why I know who they are. That's incredible. Bethune Cookman. Yeah, I'm pretty that's, sure that's it. What a name. That's, what that's a name. wild. Um, anyway, so yeah, Miami versus Southern Mississippi. That line's at 54 and a half for the total. Um, I think Miami could cover that by themselves. Um, again, it's just kind of these, these couple of these totals. I feel like they can be, the games might be a little one-sided, but there's still some offensive firepower on both of the underdog teams there where they can put up. Cause most of these, what do you need? You need maybe two touchdowns, you know, 10 to 14 points out of these underdogs in these games to probably hit these totals. So I like that. I'm going to take some risks on some overs. Haven't done a ton of that in college over the past, especially last year it was mainly uh spreads, but uh so, yeah, we got Notre Dame minus 20, Miami, Southern Mississippi over 50, 54 and a half, Texas A&M versus Appalachian State. There's some slack division two keen, kick the living shit out of them. We're going to keep that at 52 and a half. And, yes, I was quoting the longest yard just there, being a blabble mouth. No one caught that. So, yeah, those are my college football initial picks here. I'm probably going to have a shit ton I'm going to add. But, um, yeah, those are the ones I'm going to give out on the show here. Try and keep the improve on the two and one record. Derek, um, I will. So I didn't have much last week, um, but I've tailed Tudor hard, and I will uh, thank him for that until LSU fucked me. Um, <laughs> but let's put uh, it on the record though: you didn't tell me on that LSU was your choice, not mine. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The LSU was my choice. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, I also have Pitt plus six and a half. I really like that. Um, thought they played really well last week. Um, I got to go back again. Got to go back again with my boys. My boys, Woopig, Suey, uh, Arkansas, minus eight and a half um, against. Let me see. I thought I had it here. Uh, Arkansas will be playing. Arkansas. You're playing South Carolina. Yes, that's who it is. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Gamecocks. Yes. Yep. And then um, I saw there's a game that stuck out to me um, that I think will be a good one. Um, Going to go with an over on this one. Uh, we got – where is she? We have Alabama versus Texas. Over 64 and a half. It is at Texas. I think that is going to be, I, I don't, I, I think Bama is going to run away with it, but I think that Texas might put up a solid fight. It being in Texas week two, there's still some hype there. Though that's, that's Sark, a pretty big. Sark's also, um, he's a, uh, he's an ex Saban disciple. So, okay. You know, so could be, could be no. Yeah, no, I just I think that could be a good, you know, like we get like 40, 40 something 20, you know, like I, I think we could we could get a good game there. Um, Alabama could hang 40 on any team in the country. That's what I mean. I yeah. and I, I think Texas can put up 20. I, I don't think te- I mean, Texas played pretty well last week. 
The um, mullet on Texas's quarterback too alone could score ten points. And then I have the one weapon. one more that I kind of like, but I don't know if I'm gonna roll with it as an official pick. Um, Appalachian State. Oh, plus eighteen. Um, I just yeah, I. I like that amount. Um, they played really well last week. It's the SEC bias for AM, I, I think. I know, I know. I think that's, that's and that's the only thing, and that's when what Tudor brought up too, and that's why I'm hesitant of including it as an official pick because it is a. So you're leaning, you're leaning towards I'm leaning towards State it, leaning towards cover. Appalachian State. I just don't know if I want to make an official pick because I don't know if last week was a fluke, but like, 18 points is a pretty generous when they put up that many especially that many in the fourth quarter especially what they're saying against now that they're saying unc you know is is regarded as a you know a little bit better team so i just i don't know i'm gonna yeah. we'll slate that one i i might put that on last minute myself but we're, we're not gonna put that as an official pick so love it yeah we'll get those together uh figure out how we're gonna post these and all that still working out those details but uh I really like the over 64 and a half though. I think that's a, it's, it's a very large number, but I, I think that's a, it's really, it's, it's different in college, man. Some of these, no, lines, I know, you know, I know. Um, but yeah, I, I hear what you're saying for sure. Um, it's a nice SEC, you know, matchup that I think early in the season could be a real, you know, barn burner of a game kind of thing. So. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that about wraps it up for this week already. Uh, we got some, you know, first week NFL in here. We got week two at college in there. So, isn't it? Yeah, it's technically week two because they count week zero. Um, anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll get those picks out. Um, appreciate you all listening as always. And I say this all the time, but we are continuously working on some guests as well. Um, lots of, you know, a lot goes into it. Lots of People got a lot of shit going on, so do we, um, scheduling and all that sort of stuff. But we, uh, I assure you, we are constantly working at it to uh, get guests lined up and uh, get back to some interviews for sure. So stay tuned for that. I appreciate you all listening as always. And until next week, um, keep those bets keep those bets winning. Good luck to everybody. That's what we all want. And uh, if you're a smart, smart better, you're just going to tail tutor because the guy's five and fucking oh already coming out of retirement. It's unbelievable. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week. Another brand new episode. Enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, obviously, go Bills. Go Later. Bills.